Hi, everybody. Good day. Good day to you. God bless you. Um, I hope that you are all well. I hope that that those who hear my voice right now, everyone that I'm reaching to right now, that you are all well, that you have good health, that you are enjoying uh, this season right now as we're celebrating the season of Christmas. Um, I pray joy over your life during the season. I, I pray that if you have children, that, that you have an additional wonder, wonderful amount of joy in your home as, as this is a magical time for children. And, and just a reminder that, remember Christmas, right? Christ must, Christ must, okay? It's about Christ. So yes, the children are excited about Santa Claus. Yes, you're excited about presents and getting your house to, um, to look um, filled with the holiday spirit, which in, uh, in most places, America and other places, it means lights and trees and ornaments and decorations and uh, um, I don't know mantles decorated fireplace with stockings hung and all of these things but in all of that there is no um, no thought of, of, of Christ that is what we're celebrating the coming of the Lord and um, yes I know people are like well you know why are we celebrating December 25th well nobody was there so we don't know if it was exactly December 25th or not but what we are celebrating we are celebrating the fact that Christ was born that um, that he was in the womb of, of Mary and um, and yes and then she gave birth to um, to our Savior our Christ the King so anyway um, Merry Christmas to you guys, by the way. So, um, so I have these things called trash notes. You're probably like, what in all the heck is she talking about? So I have these trash notes in my bling bling, my bling bling trash can. Okay, I have this this beautiful trash can that I have like literally I have bedazzled it, bedazzled it, and I keep it on the nightstand of my bed. I I have been suffering from a lack of sleep, insomnia. Um, my mind always racing, my mind always racing at night. So my day goes around the clock, as you know, as a caregiver um, for my aunt. And um, and then at night, um, and I, when I settle down <clears throat> to go to sleep, I'm thinking about, oh, did I take out the trash? What bill is due? Oh man, there's nothing in the account. Oh man, I should have done this. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. You know? Um, what am I doing tomorrow? What's tomorrow? What's tomorrow? What what time? Do I have an appointment? Does my aunt have an appointment? Oh my gosh, the dog peed on the carpet again. I can't deal with it. I can't deal. I don't care. I don't care. But I have to shampoo the carpets. I have to do that. So these are things that are going on in my mind. And then it would make me get up. Something that would prompt me to get up, so I would uh, get up at um, at at midnight and start my day, or I would be downstairs after a long day outside of the house. I'd come into the house and and get um, you know, dinner served, and and when 
I should be going to bed, like after my aunt has gone to sleep, what would I do? Do everything that um, that maybe I couldn't do while, while my aunt was awake. So, um, you know, shampooing the carpets, it's, I, I don't like to do that when there's going to be regular traffic because um, in the family room, there is carpet and every step right out of the family room, you go into the living room and there is, um, there's tile, right? So what happens is that when I shampoo the carpet, someone is in the family room, they walk into the living room, the, the floor, the carpet is wet, and now their feet are wet, and they're walking into tile, and now they're gonna slip. So um, so that's why, you know, I would do things like that at, at weird hours, I'd be shampooing the carpet downstairs. And, and while I'm doing that, right, while I'm doing that, I may as well, you know, do some mopping too, because you know, you can't have the, the the, the carpet's nice, and then and then the rest of the house, you know, um, that has that has um, tiles, you know, dirty. There's a spill. Oh, and, and and the dog, you know, he loves to pee and poop in the laundry room, and that's not his fault. The problem is that I am not home. I'm not home, and that's not okay. I'm trying to find a solution because um, when I take my aunt to appointments or I take her to the senior center or. Um, or go and do um, things like Instacart runs and I can't bring him with me and I can't bring him into the stores and he acts up. I've taken him like to Home Depot. Oh, but he's a whole situation, but I can't afford a sitter. So often when I'm doing these things, you know, Muggsy, he stays home. And when I come back, you know, there's a, I, I expect pee and poop on this runner that I have in the laundry room. That's where he goes. So, um, it's just a lot. It's overwhelming. It can be overwhelming. Um, so, so I have this, this, this thing, right? I have this, so I have a life coach and he's absolutely lovely. He is a, 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 a Christian, a man of God. And, um, and I have had this problem where I can't sleep for a long time. Okay. It's one night where I, I was just like, this is too much. I can't, it was three o'clock in the morning. And what was I doing? I was, I was, um, I was tiling the floor of the entrance in the, the foyer room. Um, I was over here, like with panels of, of tile, tiling the floor at three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, Shayla, quit it, okay? Zenaida, that's too much. There is no, I understand if, you know, um, it was something urgent or something, but like, if you're tiling the floor at three o'clock in the morning, like quit it, all right? You need to go to sleep. So, um, a great solution happened when I spoke to my life coach about this this lack of rest. And we had talked about, about this many times, but he had this wonderful idea. He says, look, I need to get a trash can. Get yourself a trash can. And, um, and keep it by your bedside. And what you will do is like all of those things that are going on in your head before you go to sleep, like you need to dump it. Like get a notebook. Dump all of your thoughts dump all of your anxieties whatever is racing in your head dump it into the the notebook onto the paper and when you're done you're going to rip it out of your notebook you're going to crush it okay and while I crush it you're seeing a prayer and then I'm going to dump it into the trash can and go to sleep okay doing that 
I have been doing this now consistently for, I think the last maybe two or three months or two and a half months, something like that. I've had more sleep than I've ever, ever, ever had. My normal sleep used to be um, on a good day, four hours of sleep, broken, broken, always broken. Maybe I sleep in a half an hour, wake up, maybe I go back to sleep hours later and then sleep um, an hour and a half and then wake up. You know, it's just like ridiculous, sleep another half an hour and then I'm done, I'm done. Like I'm getting up at four o'clock, I'm getting up. But then I would have um, that dip in energy because I didn't have enough rest and I am going around the clock um, as a caregiver. And and that dip of energy would, would, would be paralyzing. Like it would get to the point where I just couldn't do anything. So, um, so anyway, since I have started uh, my trash notes, I um, get an average of uh, continuous sleep, at least six hours back to back to back, not broken, which is lovely. And sometimes more than that. Sometimes I do wake up um, and... If I wake up in the middle of the night because um, I have thoughts or, or whatever, then I will I will repeat the process. Write it out, crush it, I'm praying, and throw it out. So, um, so I want to share with you some of my trash notes. Some of my trash notes, um, because it's like this is the kind of thing that like um, that would keep me up at night. And lately, I've been angry. I got to tell you, anger, anger anger I have been angry and I've I felt rage I felt rage lately and these are the kind of feelings that I would I, I'd be afraid of I'd be afraid to deal with these feelings because in the household where I grew up you better not be showing no anger are you kidding me showing rage are you serious okay because you do that honey your head is gonna be twisted your head is gonna be twisted and, and, and facing um, facing the other uh, direction Okay, you see, you face forward, your head's going to face backwards in the direction of your buttocks, okay? Because um, you're going to get smacked, or you're going to get beat down. You, you, don't, you do not show anger, you do not show rage, you're freaking insane. You've got to, I mean, for that, that word rage, it said does something to me because I would never, never, I knew better, okay? That's a beat down. So, um, you couldn't even look a, a certain way. You had to, you know... You had to look right, whatever that means, um, because even a look could could um, provoke um, a, a consequence that was just unnecessary. I mean, of course, I see that now, but I knew as a child, I better not look a certain way. I better present well and um, and not show any emotions, especially the ones that were like scary for me, which was anger, because I've seen a lot of anger. I've seen what anger does. I've seen rage and what it does. Um, and it was frightening, frightening to me to ever go there. So as I grew up, that was those emotions I did not want to express or show um, because of the trauma of, of my childhood. And, um, and I've seen it in action and what it does. And it was scary. So um, these trash notes were about um, so all um, the last week. Um, so these were about different um, situations that, that I've had uh, during the week um, 
where I, I, I was angry because I allowed things to happen. Now, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I've been taken advantage of. I let, you know, I, I can't have any friends because this is all that they do. And they, look, when you have a repetitive theme in your life, like someone is, like you feel like people are always taking advantage of you or that you're always being used by people. Okay. And this is something that's going on again and again. You are the common denominator. Okay. Let's get real. You need to look in the mirror and what are you doing that this keeps happening to you? If everybody is taking advantage of you, if everybody is mistreating you, if everybody, you know, is using you, right? What is going on? What is going on that this keeps happening? If this keeps happening to you, look at the person in the mirror and ask yourself, what am I doing that these things keep on happening? Am I surrounding myself with the wrong people? Do I have a disease to please? Uh, do, I, do I have a need to, to, um, to yes people? And what does that bring to me, right? Being a people pleaser, what is that doing for me? What benefits am I receiving from it? Because if you're being a people pleaser, you're receiving a benefit. Anything that you do, there must be some kind of benefit to it or you wouldn't continuous, continuously do it. You know, when, when I was a kid and I had a smile plastered on my face like Mickey Mouse, that's kind of weird, right? And then to grow up and I and call myself the Joker because yeah, go with a smile, right? That's, that was me, right? But what was the benefit for me there? That's not normal. You see somebody with a, with a Joker, like a Joker or a Mickey Mouse and this is all you see, you better run, okay? Because there's something that's not normal about that not normal about that. Okay. And I, I was that I was a joker. I was Mickey Mouse. And, and what was the benefit for me? The benefit for me was, um, well, first of all, this came out of trauma. And second of all, if I was the joker and if I was Mickey Mouse, you know, then, you know, I was, I was happy. And I, and for me being quote unquote happy and smiling, that was protection. It would protect me from, um, from somebody who, who might get angry with me. Oh, you won't get angry at the person who's kind and smiling, right? She's nice, you know? You won't hurt me if I'm nice. Like, um, sometimes when, when, um, when you introduce um, pets to one another, oh, my, my dog meets your dog, and, and you see how the pets are, and, and, um, and when a pet um, is, wants to present themselves to the other, to the other pet, like a dog or something, right? Sometimes they will even just to, just to, just to show that there is no aggression, that everything is okay. Like they will become vulnerable and allow um, the other dog to um, to sniff them, to, to to go into a vulnerable position, which is like on their back for the for the to their bellies to um, be to, to, to expose their, their bellies, you know, and and for um, for some animals. You know, this is a very vulnerable position, showing that they mean no harm. Everything is okay. And that was me. That was a plastered smile on my face, okay? I have these lines, these laugh lines, honey. Now they are, now they are well, well um, on my face and, and and it's all sincere now. But before, I, I've had these laugh lines since I was a child because of the position of my mouth all the time. And they're deep. Indeed, but I'm thinking one day when I have money, maybe I'm going to go to a, um, <laughs> I don't know, who do you go to for that? Whether they do, um, oh, maybe I need Botox to fill this in, you know? Uh, I don't know about that, but, um, but, but my, my laugh lines are so deep and it's for a reason because I have been doing this, this fake 
this fake, fake smile um, for most of my life. My face was like almost permanently in that position. Go with a smile, you know? But anyway, um, I don't do that anymore. But but people do things for a reason. So why are you people pleasing, right? For me, I was I was people pleasing, and I, I tried so hard not to do that anymore. Um, but because I, I wanted I wanted friends, I wanted people to like me. I love people. I always have, even before I walk with Christ. I I love people. I love the people that um, that were using me. I loved them, but they didn't love me. I, I didn't care. That they didn't love me as long as they pretended that they did and and as long as I did things for them then um, I would at least feel like I wasn't by myself but that's so fake to me now I don't want to do that anymore so you got to check yourself um, if these things keep happening to you if, if people are always um, for, for my aunt for instance like her her theme was um, anywhere I go you know people treat me so bad I'm like what's going on there what do you mean and this was consistently happening to her as long as I can remember any job that she's ever had she's always had issues and there's always been a problem and so on and so forth so um that will be a story for another day because there's a whole bunch of situations with that but but anyway look at yourself and see what the repetitive themes are and um I would say to um to to get yourself a good uh Christian counselor who um who can help you to to sort through um, to sort through these things? All right. So so anyway, if you hear in the background, that's my dog Muggsy, and he has allergies and he's upset right now. Okay, Muggsy, quit it. Um, so I, I had some situations um, over over the last week where um, I allowed myself um, to be uh, yanked and ping ponged um, by people that I that I actually love. Um, but that I, I should have, I should have said no. I should have said no. Okay. And then after um, being yanked to the left and yanked to the right, um, when I, I check back to see if everything is okay, well, their life was better. So it's like now I have no response. Has that ever happened to you? You're there for, for someone who um, is having like a serious crisis. And then, you know, they resolve their crisis, whether it's with their boo or, or, or with somebody else, whatever it is. And then, like, they just, while they're going through the crisis, they're like, your phone is, is, is ringing and ringing, and, 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 you, and you're there, and, you, and you're moving, and you're doing, and you're doing. And then um, they decide that they resolve the crisis. And they don't even tell you that it's resolved. They're just, like, done with you. Like, you served your purpose. Like, bye. And that's what I was dealing with that. I, I dealt with um, being mistreated at the uh, senior center where I volunteer. Um, it was a very, very, very um, horrible situation where I actually, um, because I am a caregiver to my, my aunt um, who has uh, dementia, and, and if anyone has ever been touched by dementia, you will understand um, that it is not a joke, okay? The, the things that you that you um, deal with, um, and, and it's hard to see your loved one um, going through such a thing. Um, the, the dementia, um, I, I said to a, a friend of mine that it comes from the word demented, and um, and uh, that's what when I was talking to my um, my therapist, um, he 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 said that to me. He says it comes from the word demented, right? What does it mean to be demented? You know, and and to most people that. Um, to have um, this this problem, you know, they become very agitated. Um, some can become violent. Um, can be cruel. 
I, I have, I have, um, I have been told, you know, and I've seen it happen too, where um, my aunt will will tell people that I'm hurting her, or that I'm cruel to her, or that she's being abused, and it's like, are you kidding? I I, I took her for so to, to socialize, right, for fellowship, I do these things in her life to to um, one of the houses, one of the seniors, where um, where um, where I was volunteering at the senior center, and and she told one of the seniors that um, pretty much that I keep her locked up in the house. Meanwhile, we're not even at home. We're all together having fellowship at the house of, of a friend that I try to keep her um, involved with people, you know, so she's not so she's not locked up in the house, you know, and she's whispering and whispering and, and, and looking like she's trying to not have me here because I might get angry. And she tells us to people that I'll get angry, you know. And one time we had a uh, physical therapist come to the house. She was dealing with horrendous pain from um, cervical radiculopathy. And thank God that that, that those at that time is over. You know, I, I don't like to see her in pain like that. It was horrendous. But um, as soon, no sooner than I, I started a conversation with a, with a physical therapist telling her, you know, um, you know, what has been going on with my aunt. I showed her, so, um, um, you know, just telling her about how how she can best help her or asking her how she can best help her. And we're having conversation. And then the physical therapist said, my gosh, I love your spirit. I love your spirit. You know, there's a brightness about you. No sooner than I said that, that, that she said that, that my aunt chimed in, oh, <laughs> you don't really know her, how she gets. She gets so angry all the time. She treats me bad. She treats me so bad. And I'm like, get, get out of here, man. Like, get behind me, man. Okay? But this is the kind of thing. And, and when you... A lot of people who have dementia, like they will be in assisted living or in a nursing home or something like that. Right? And of course, I don't want to put my aunt back in a nursing home. But anyway, even if I wanted to, I couldn't do it. And I don't want to. But I couldn't do it if I wanted to because she doesn't qualify for any services. She doesn't. So, um... The doctor said that she needs 24-hour care. And guess what? Just because she doesn't qualify for services doesn't mean that what the doctor said is not valid. And I learned the hard way that I need to be home. I, I couldn't even take little part-time jobs because in the few hours that I was out, my goodness, okay? My goodness. It was horrendous. So um, so here I am going 24 hours, seven days a week, nonstop. And, um, and there is something called caregiver burnout read about it. It's real. Okay. Um, the kind of stress, um, that, that I'm under and, and for that kind of, um, disease, um, that I'm caring for my aunt about, um, it, it can, it can be very taxing. It is literally caused, um, me to have the label that my doctor put on me as, um, and I don't, ex- I don't accept it, but she says that I, I, I am disabled. Okay. That's what my doctor, um, has said. Um, and, um, even, um, and it's, it's simply, but my blood work is excellent, which is a good thing. So I'm like, be disabled, but my blood work is excellent. But really what it is, is a level of exhaustion that caused me to, to be disabled. I disable, it disables my body because when, um, after a certain point, um, the exhaustion is so great that, um, I can't, um, function and that will, I have to be careful how I spend my energy. 
And um, I am doing much better with it, though. So what I do now is that at, at 9 o'clock p.m., I'm, uh, the downstairs is closed. I have no, no more business downstairs, so I better be done by 9. And then um, by 10 o'clock, whatever I'm doing on the, on the second floor, okay, I can do it in my room. 10 o'clock, I'm, I'm in my room, my bedroom, nowhere else. Um, and then um, by 10.30, I'm writing my trash notes, and I'm hoping to be asleep by 11. Um, sometimes it works out really great and sometimes, um, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but for the most part, routine takes time and is repetitious. But, um, but getting back to, um, what happened, um, I, I was, um, I was so, so sad that I had a terrible interaction. When I was at the senior center, I actually had a, a panic attack, um, uh, and, um, you know how you ever hold back feelings um and then they surface and it's just like you feel like you're choking because you can't breathe you're gasping for air um and i had a panic attack and i didn't mean to do that um for many for several reasons i just felt really overwhelmed and that will happen please read about caregiver burnout it happens real okay uh, when you go around the clock and have no respite care look into respite care, what it means, what is respite care, and what will it do to you when you don't have any, okay, I've been doing this now for a, a couple of years, so um, the the director of the, of the program, um, I, she told me that what I did, the performance, she called it a performance, me having an anxiety attack and gasping for air, she said that it was a performance, she said that it was um, an embarrassment to the center, uh, to um, the the seniors that were present, and to her colleagues, um, that my behavior was inappropriate, and that that kind of meltdown um, should not happen again. So, so those words, those things, I was just so overwhelmed. It was so hurtful. Uh, my response to that was um, that um, the director, I believe, I said to her that her her words lacked compassion and empathy. I tried so hard. Um, to, um, to find the right words to say because as she was saying this to me you know I, I was like oh I could I was in disbelief and um, I wanted to react in, in, a, in a worldly way um, but I tried my, my hardest to say, keep the mind of Christ keep the mind of Christ patience of Christ you are the hands you are his feet and um, and so I, I responded by saying that her words lacked compassion and empathy, and that opened and unleashed another, um, uh, oof, another wave of um, of unkind words that ended up with the phone being slammed in my ear. So um, I don't know what I'm going to do about that. Um, I'm going to pray about that. I want to do about that, and I have since not heard um, from um, from the director of, of the center where I volunteer. So. Anyway, so that, that was one example of, of, of another example of, of things that I was dealing with. Um, and I'm going to read to you, um, I was very angry and hurt and sad. So I'll read one thing and then one more thing and then, um, and then we'll wrap it up. So in one of my trash notes, right, because I have to throw out my trash. I'm going to take all these notes now with my trash cans full and then I'm going to throw them out in the garbage. One of my notes says, um, I just reached into my bag to find a pen. I dug deep. I knew I had one in there somewhere, and then my middle finger squished into a mushy mess. Lord, 
How in all the freaking hell, how in the hell did a stick of fucking butter land itself in my Bible bag? Huh? God, can you help me understand? I'm so done with this day. My neck hurts so badly. My body feels hot, then cold, then both. I'm sweating, then shivering. I'm exhausted. But still, I'm so angry, my God. I'm so angry. I have an important appointment tomorrow, but no gas in my car. You control the weather, God. I have to walk there. Having a car? Oh, you control the weather, God. I hear rumors of snow. My God, I'm tired. Lord, I did this. I caused this. I've allowed for this. I have no gas because I allowed for this. I created this, God, not intentionally, but I did this. Break me, God. Break me down, Father. Let me hit the ground even harder. Let me never forget my present state, that I break, break my bones, my DNA, break each cell within me, break me, God, that I never forget that you then reset my broken bones, then mend my DNA. Each broken cell reset by your hand, make me new. Thank you, God, for my for healing me. Thank you for restoring me. Thank you, God, for restoring me. Thank you in advance for all of these things. I give you my anger. I offer you my anxiety and suffering. I offer up my physical pain. I give you every sacrifice and trust that all will be turned for your good. And that was um, one entry. And the one that I will leave you with um, is, um, is this one here. It's, um, I want to smash plates like mommy, right? I was so angry. I've been angry dealing with, with rage and how to handle rage. It's a new emotion for me, right? So anyway, it says, I want to smash plates like mommy. How satisfying to smash plates. She'd climb up on a step ladder and bombs away. What made mommy so angry? She smashed plates. She smashed them and crashed them. Scream and cry and rage. She'd break all the dishes. The sound of ceramic and glass. Crash, crash, crash. The sound of ceramic and glass. And they'd peek about around the corner. After an un godly cry, the sound of a wounded soldier perhaps about to die. The apartment door opened and I couldn't believe my eyes. I arrived just in time to watch mommy fly in a fit, in a horrible fit of nerves. I saw mommy dive from the top of the tall, tall staircase up from the second flight. Down she'd go. She'd throw herself down. I was only just five. Abba, Abba, I'm afraid. Shield me, God. Hide me, God. Hide me in your secret place. Save me, God. Help me. Shield me, God. Save me, my God. 
blood, tears, pain. Oh, these are these are things that would keep me up at night, and um, I would tell you if you're having trouble sleeping um, because you can relate to um, to the, the the kind of things on my podcast, um, and you are looking um, for the Lord to help you through if you are. Um, you are broken um, and you don't know where to start for healing, start by, by getting on your knees. First thing you do is you get on your knees and you surrender. You ask God to, to be your Lord and your Savior. You, you invite him into your life. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. You tell the Spirit of God to come and to, to take over. Re- relinquish. Like, give, over, give up all of your control to God. Give it to him. Give it to him, okay? Give the keys over. Let him drive, drive you, drive your life. Let him place your steps. Father God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for this moment, Lord. Thank you for the breath of life that fills the lungs of myself and everyone here who is listening. Thank you, God, for our lives. Thank you, my God. Some of us have canceled suicide. Some of us have have chosen to, to live this next day. And by your grace, my God, thank you so much, Father God, for, for, for helping our children, for helping our families, for helping one another. My God, I ask that for anyone who is in, in such crisis and such pain, that they, that they find, that they find it, Lord, uh, the, the strength to get on, on their knees, to get on their knees today and to, and to cry out to you, God, hear them as they ask you to become, um, your, for you to be the Lord and Savior of their life, that they give up any kind of witchcraft, that they give up any kind of um, whatever idolatry, um, whether it is through Catholicism and the idolatry that happens there, um, people worshiping um, uh, Mary and worshiping saints. Um, Father God, I, I ask you to to um, to hear them as they give up idolatry, as, as uh, if they are um, from India and there are so many deities. Give those up. Give those up. That is not the way of the Lord. That is not the way. There is only one true God. One true God, okay? All of those, those deities, whatever you want to call them, okay? The elephant, the blue things, whatever, quit it, all right? There is one true and living God. Those things are dead and some of those things never. Have we ever seen an elephant walk around? Um, it's like, uh, you know, stop it. Okay. Anything that a blue creature? No. Okay. Have you ever seen that? Has it died? Has it come back to, to life? Okay. Stop it. Okay. We worship a one true and living God. And, um, I encourage those of you who are, who are relying on psychics, who are relying on, um, on, on, on horoscopes, you know, you base your day according to what the, what the, what the horoscope says. Why don't you read some scripture instead? Okay, that is not the word of God. And the word of God tells us to steer clear away from the soothsayers or psychics, right? Steer clear away from that. Steer clear away from that. Find find yourself privately in a private place and get on your knees and surrender yourself over to the Lord. It is never too late. As long as you have the breath of life in your lungs, you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to, um, to walk with Christ, okay? It is never too late. And I promise you, the Lord will, um, he will make you new. And you can be 80 years old and the Lord will make you new like a baby.
okay? You can be 100 years old and God will, 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 will tell you that he has plans for your life that are, that are um, to prosper you and not to harm you, right? And to give you hope in the future, much like he did to me. It doesn't matter how old you are. You ha- you're breathing? You got a pulse? then it's not too late. Praise God. We thank God for his mercy. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you, God, for forgiveness. Thank you that we are able to repent. Repent, my friends, repent. When you are, um, when you are hurting, when you are, um, when you are angry, repent. Okay. And, um, I want to share with you something that, that, um, that I, um, that I shared with, um, a, a family member, of, um, of my ex, um, husband, um, because I think this is really, really, really important, right? Um, the, 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 the Lord tells us that, um, to, to not, he tells us, I'll just put it here. He tells us to expose, to expose, um, the wicked and, and what is with the darkness, expose it with the light. Okay, he tells us that when someone is, is being wicked and when when um, these things are happening, when people are misleading, right? Like like in the, in the case of, of my ex-husband, you know, he had a congregation and, and a lot of followers and a Christian um, um, martial arts school and he's misleading people, right? So it was the most important thing to me was for um, just to put it out there so that people know the truth, right? Um and also, um, I think, I think it was, it was, it was beneficial for people to know the truth because you're not, I'm not going to cover it up. They should know what's going on and then they can make a rational, um, and good decision, um, pray about it and make a decision where they want to continue to be a follower of, of that church or, or whatever the case is, uh, support that business, whatever the case is. Um, it's not a, a slandering campaign, but I had to shine the light on the truth. And I, I had gotten many, um, uh, I, I got people saying to me, um, you know, remove the, the, the episodes of your podcast. You know, you shouldn't do that. You know, um, that's, that's, you know, it goes against the word of God. And actually, no, it doesn't. Actually, no, it doesn't. Because even though he was my husband, um, what was happening was really wicked and I had to expose it. And again, this is not a slander fest. I'm done with that. Thank God. I am so grateful. Thank you, God. Thank you, my God, for, for taking away the rage that I felt and, and the, the bitterness. And, um, and this is what I shared with, with um, a beloved person. I said, I'm in a place in my healing where I pray most every day um, over um, my ex-husband. I pray for the, to the Lord to help him see the error of his ways and that he find true repentance and then redemption through Christ. I pray that he find the courage to face whatever deep-rooted pain and shame that inspires wickedness in his actions and that he asks God to expose all of the areas of his heart that need healing. Only the Lord can mend, renew, and restore. I pray a long life over him so that he have every opportunity to surrender and walk a straight path. I pray over his salvation for God will judge he and I who are pastors more harshly, especially when misleading his people, his children. I pray that he find true joy that only comes through Christ and that after such a healing, he will stop hurting others and stop seeking women to hurt them, but that he one day be deserving of a gentle and loving wife who will not be abused by him and that he will absolutely be in love with her and live to serve with her at his side to do work for the kingdom of God. 
Every time I feel bitterness or the spirit of unforgiveness, I stop and repent and immediately pray over his life. I don't care where I am or who I am with. That's how I am living these days. I pray the scripture most every day over his life, which is in the book of Ezekiel 36, verse 26, and says, And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I ask God to give him a new heart. And um, I just want to speak these words over his life right now. Father God, I ask you to look upon your son and I ask you to to help to inspire goodness, my God, um, in him, that you that you that you bless him, um, and that you help him to see what is right, and that he change um, his ways and to stop hurting others. I ask this in Jesus' name, Amen. Everybody, have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Um, I pray that you have lots of joy. I pray that um, that you are able to to really, really um, get into this season. Now, this is um, the first year um, of my life where I don't have anything decorated or a tree or anything. You know, um, I can't afford it. I don't have any decorations. I don't have any any lights. I, I don't have any tree. I I, I don't. So um, anyway. Um, Still, I am I'm grateful because you know what? You don't need these things in order to celebrate Christmas. And I'm excited about Christmas. And um, my, my little neighbors, my little friends, you know, um, the little children here, they today is a good day for them because today they only have half a day of school and then they're off until the new year. So I'm going to do something special for them. And um, maybe we'll have us a little Christmas party or something. I don't know. It's going to be fun. I, I pray joy and, 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 and fun and, and, and goodness for everyone. Um, take that with you today. Shine the light of Christ. Be a light bearer for the Lord. Have a blessed, blessed, blessed day. I love you. I love you. I love you. Um, my brothers and my sisters in Christ, God bless you. And take care. Bye.